Welcome, welcome, and <clears throat> welcome, everybody. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We are live. Yes, we are live. Those of you who are not watching the National Football, well, actually, it's not National Football. It's college football. It's National College Football or Football National College. It's actually na- it's the National Championship. So I was kind of right there. But those of you who are not watching uh, Clemson lose to Alabama, I welcome you. Now, if you want to listen to the program, but also get sporadic updates, I will give that to you because we have it on in the green room. I have the score being pumped into me. Not pumped in a way you think when you hear the word pumped in to someone. But nonetheless, I will give you guys the score. Okay, where do we begin? That's the question. Where do we begin? Got a lot to cover. Um, I know everybody wants to uh, talk about the Golden Globes last night. That seems to be the most popular uh, of uh, of topics today, and <laughs> I mean it's it's pretty amazing that that is what uh, everybody's talking about. And what's more amazing is once again my liberal uh, douchebag friends get suckered in to the Trump trap. That's what we call it, the Trump trap. Because remember, anytime we can uh, flush out the media or Hollywood and make them uh, look ridiculous, like Meryl Streep did last night, it hardens the positions of many people for Trump, And it also hardens the positions of many people who, after all said and done, were wondering, did I make the right move? Did, did, I, did I do the right thing? Is, is, is everything going to be okay? And when Meryl Streep not only attacks Trump, but attacks football, and the UFC, those people that might have been on the fence go, yeah, 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 I did the right thing. Definitely. I definitely did the right thing. We also got uh, Rick Santilli calling out uh, sleepy Eyes, Chuck Todd, and Andrea Mitchell on Meet the Press, which is funny. Because, again, the media has no clue. Or at least the, well, the, the pundits. The, the, the media is never going to have a clue. But you would think the pundits, the political hacks, might get a clue. I think they might 
get a clue. But no. And then, of course, um, Iran getting in our safe space. I could actually use the word safe space. I could use the liberal word safe space. But yes, um, Iran over in the Strait of Hormuz. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. H <laughs> Horma Harmaz. Um, they got a little too close, and we had to uh, fire some warning shots. Remember, this is Iran, who we gave billions of dollars to, lifted sanctions, basically brought them back into the international community. Remember, that's 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 an Obama thing. People are so quick to attack Trump on the whole bromance with Vladimir Putin. And here's Obama making deals with the axis of evil. Remember, that's Iran, the axis of evil. Nobody, and I mean nobody, sponsors terror. Like Iran. Nobody does. They, they have more uh, terror organizations in their pockets than anyone. So, lot to get to. And then, of course, football updates. Not college. Well, we already established we will be giving you updates on that. But the playoffs over the weekend. Now, you want to start with the Golden Globe because there's a lot to get to on the Golden Globes. I'm afraid we won't get to everything else because it could be five hours. <laughs> I, because you got to understand, it, it's bigger than just Meryl Streep. It, it really is. There, there's so many aspects to the Golden Globe broadcast and what happened there's there's so many I'm, okay you got the fake news story and that's what it is fake news that Trump mocked a disabled reporter that's fake news okay Trump never mocked the disabled reporter. At least he didn't mock the disabled reporter for being disabled. He mocked the disabled reporter for being a hack, for being stupid, for being a liberal shill. Now, I don't hear too many people on the left complain when Trump attacks Charles Krautheimer. And Charles Krautheimer is in a wheelchair. I know, some of you didn't know that. But Krautheimer's in a wheelchair. And Trump has went off on Krautheimer 
a lot. And I've never heard anybody on the left say Donald Trump was mocking a man in a wheelchair. Nobody ever talks about the times that Trump goes after Charles Krautheimer. And he's in a wheelchair. Trump never attacked Serge Kozlowska for being a cripple. He never did. Now, if you go online and do a little Google search, somebody put together a video of the different times that Trump has imitated somebody being flustered. That, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. Ah." If you go online, you can find the video where Trump has imitated, whether it's Ted Cruz... Or other politicians backtracking on different things they've said. And he's used the same, uh, uh, you know, vocal dialect, flailing his arms. He's done the same thing. So Trump never mocked Surge for having baby hands. Okay? Trump never did. He never mocked the guy for looking like Chris Elliott in the scary movie series. Do you remember Scary Movie? I think it was Scary Movie 2. And Chris Elliott's the uh, innkeeper of the haunted house, and he's got the little uh, baby hand, and he stirs the mashed potatoes. With the baby hand, he goes, let me, let me stir the mashed potato. And he starts licking the, <laughs> he, starts, he starts licking his baby hand. Okay, that's what Surge has. He has those baby hands. Trump never mocked Surge for having baby hands. He never did. That was a fake news story pushed by the media. And what's funny about it, it's just like the episode. And you guys can Google search this, do a little YouTube search with this. It's a Larry David episode where he gets called out for mocking Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's, but he really wasn't mocking Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's. Just just Google it, YouTube it. It's a, it's a really funny episode. It's towards the end of the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm run. But he's uh, making some 
some facial references and hand motions. And Michael J. Fox sees him, someone else sees him, and they think Larry David is making fun of Michael J. Fox. But he's not. He's basically being Larry David. But it looks like he's mocking Michael J. Fox. So you have Trump does his, oh, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's saying. So he has the routine that he does when he mocks certain politicians who are backtracking on their words or on their positions. And in this one instance, when Trump does it to Serge Kozlowski, the guy happens to have baby hands. But the guy doesn't rock back and forth. He doesn't go, whoa, 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 whoa. He doesn't do that. But the minute Trump does the imitation of a politician backtracking, bang. The media was like, look, look, look. He's making fun of him. He's making fun of him. And that's not what he was doing. It was a Larry David episode. He just happened to be doing the shtick that he normally does. And the guy that he was doing the shtick to actually has baby hands. So instantly, bang, the people were able to go, look, he's mocking the disabled. But Trump never referenced Serge's baby hands. All he did was mock Serge. Now, if you're going to say, well, he shouldn't be mocking somebody who's disabled, then you need to come to the defense of Charles Krautheimer because he's as disabled as they come. He can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. He's got a piss bag, a colostomy bag, has to have a nurse wipe his tuchus. But nobody's defending Charles. People don't care about Charles on the left. They're like, F Charles Krautheimer. We hate Charles Krautheimer. So you can't say, well, Trump can't mock somebody with baby hands. Well, then you got to be outraged over Krautheimer. So that's one issue. Again, this fake news narrative that Trump was mocking a disabled person. Now, the other fake narrative, and we talked about this when it happened, is the fact that Serge Story right after 9-11, about all these issues that were going on in New Jersey with Muslims and investigations in different apartment buildings. It was real. It was legit. He wrote that there were reports that people celebrated on rooftops. Now, did the report say, Thousands? No. So did Trump exaggerate there? Okay. But it wasn't a lie. And the Washington Post never, ever put a retraction. Instead, they said, when this controversy came up, oh, uh, you know, uh, four Pinocchios, two Pinocchios. 
But it says people celebrate. Yeah, but Trump said thousands. It wasn't thousands. Uh, okay. But it wasn't a made-up story. Rather, it's thousands or a handful. Muslims were celebrating after 9-11 over in New Jersey. That happened. So the whole controversy was the mainstream media, or the media in general, saying Trump made all this up. And it's not the case. So when Serge was asked about it, he went, well, I don't know. It happened so long ago. He backtracked. He backtracked. And then he said, and then later on, we came to find out that it didn't happen. Those are just wrong. But the Washington Post, never a retraction. So you could go online and see the story and read what Serge wrote. And if you're somebody in 2016 that's remembering that story that you read some 14 or 15 years ago, you're not going to be necessarily pinpoint accurate with names and places. You're just going to get the gist of the story. And the gist of the story was after 9-11, there was a lot of activity over in New Jersey. There was a lot of investigations. Some Muslims were arrested. There was some things going on. There was celebrations. Dan Rather even went on David Letterman's program and spoke about the same thing. Celebrations going on in New Jersey as the towers came down. There was also local news reports. So this wasn't all made up stuff. Plain and simple. There was celebrations, regardless if it was one or if it was a thousand. That is a celebration. Regardless if there was three, that is a celebration. And if everything in the Washington Post article never happened, then they should have went back not 14 years later, but they should have went back a year later and said, everything we wrote in this article was a lie. It never happened. But they never did. They never did. They never did. This is a fact. This is a fact. So for the left to say, oh, this is all made up, bull. Were things exaggerated? 100%. 100%. 
But everybody exaggerates. Everybody exaggerates. And especially, especially 15 years later. But to say it never happened, there wasn't investigations, there wasn't news stories about these things happening, Surge didn't write about this in an article and never went back and said, everything I wrote was false. David Letterman never went back on his television program and said, "Uh, last year when Dan Rather was here and we were talking about the horrific events and Dan Rather uh, talked about reports of people celebrating, uh, he lied. He was wrong. Letterman didn't do that. Letterman did not do that. Dan Rather did not do that. They all could come out of the woodwork now, 14 years later, and go, oh, that didn't happen. Well, you didn't say nothing 10 years ago. You didn't say nothing 12 years ago. Where were you the minute you found out none of that happened, according to you? Where were you? Why didn't you set the record straight? So last night, just that aspect of the Meryl Streep speech was all fake news. Making fun of a disabled reporter was a lie. Trump never made fun of a disabled reporter for being disabled. He made fun and mocked a reporter with baby hands for being incompetent. Totally different. No different than mocking Charles Krautheimer. So if you're going to cry for Surge, cry for Krautheimer. And secondly, the whole story that Surge and the Washington Post and the left were all going back and forth about was something they created. They created it. They created it. So, there's your first wackiness of last night. Okay? There's your first wackiness of last night. Okay? Now, Weed through Meryl Streep's speech just a little, okay? Just just a smidgen. Just a smidgen. Because, again, how the left thinks, okay, it still baffles me. We talked about this last week. When we read the story that the left was taking out the New York Times full page ads and they're going to, you know, march and they're going to scream and they're going to yell. And I said, who's organizing this? Like, who's putting this in these people's minds that it's a good idea to do this? Like, who's putting it in their minds? Especially when you have leftists, you have celebrity leftists 
going, guys, us doing this is the reason that Trump got elected. Uh, I saw an article the other day with D.L. Hubley. And listen, D.L. Hubley is no friend of us on the right. But he got attacked for making a Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds joke. And people went off on him. Ah, you blank, blank, you blank, blank. And he said, whoa, whoa, this is why Trump won. Because people are sick of being told how to think, how to act, what to say. And D.L. Hubley is the biggest lefty. So you got lefties saying, guys, chill out. You got Mark Wahlberg going, listen, man, we are privileged celebrities. We get paid millions of dollars to pretend we are cops. We get paid millions of dollars to pretend we're heroic and we're fearless. And, and we, we play with fake guns, and we punch, and we kick. That's what we do, okay? We, we need to stick to that. Wahlberg, he's a, he's a lot more relevant than Rosie Perez, Ed Asner. And before Meryl Streep, went up there, it was somewhat tame. I mean, it really was. I even told my old lady, I said, you know, it's, it's watchable because everybody's not going too crazy. You know, Fallon did his little jokes, but eh, okay. You know, it, all right. The Russian hacking. You know, you, you expected that. And you had the Hugh Laurie... Uh, you know, all Republicans will be right. Okay. But for the most part, it was, you know, diversity, which was, you know, beautiful, awesome, special, great. But, but it was nothing. Obviously, agents, studio heads said, guys, let's kind of chill out a little. Let, let, let's relax a little, you know. Uh, let's sit back and and think, okay, maybe some of our preaching got this guy elected. Maybe some of our preaching, some of our global warming, global warming, you guys need to stop doing this, and you guys, okay, all right, Leo, okay, hey, where are you going? I'm going back on my private jet. Whoa, wait a minute. We're, wait, okay, see you later. You got to conserve water. All of you people out here in Los Angeles got to conserve water. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going back into my 7,500 square foot house, my 10,000 square foot house with 27 rooms sitting on 37 acres consuming enough electricity and enough water for a small block 
of, you know, hundreds of families. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, got to conserve water. Uh, you know, got to recycle. Can't use, you're going to have to ride a bicycle to work. You can't use that car. Or you got to take a, a, a bus. You got, but I'm going to take a limo. I'm going to have, you know, chauffeured town cars. I'm going to have seven different houses, indoor pools. Don't worry about me. So the American people sat there and went, wow, what, what balls? Uh, you know, what, what coyotes on these people? So somebody, uh, rather it was, I don't know, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I don't know. Some executive said, guys, just, just let's chill. All right? Let's chill. People are, people are voting. People are doing things to spite us now. People, people are like, I, I, you know, I used to love this show, but I'm not going to watch this show anymore because I despise Patton Oswald. And then here comes Meryl Streep. And not only does she go off on Trump, but she goes off on football. She goes off on on UFC. And again, I know they showed a close-up of of, uh, of, uh, Mel Gibson and uh, Vince Vaughn with that disgusted look. But you know... There were other celebrities, because you can't say you're a Republican uh, over in, uh, in Hollywood. I mean, ask James Woods, <laughs> you know. You, so you, you can't run around and, and be Mr. Vocal. You know, John Boyd doesn't count. When you're like 70-something years old and you got, it, it's kind of like Meryl Streep. You know, when, when you're of that age and you've been doing it for 40 years, and you've made your money, it doesn't matter. But you can't be some some young buck in Hollywood running around going, I love Trump. They're like, okay, uh, Scott Bayo. Okay, Anthony Zabatos. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. You're never gonna you're never gonna work again. I mean, ask Mel Gibson. I mean, ask Mel Gibson. Think about it. Roman Polanski rapes a child. Roman Polanski rapes a child, and Hollywood embraces him. There, there's video of Meryl Streep standing ovation for uh, 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 Polanski years ago. Mel Gibson gets completely loaded out of his mind and starts screaming about Jews and blacks and Hollywood's like, you will never work again. So listen, you're a Republican and you're running around Hollywood screaming and yelling. You're gone. You're done. Okay. It's over. Finished. So, you know, the quiet Republicans were just sitting there going, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? What, what, stop. Just stop. Forget 
if I like Trump or not. Just stop. You're just you're killing us, man. You're killing us. She's attacking football. She's attacking football. And listen, here, I had to get work these numbers up because this is what's funny. So Meryl Streep's attacking football. This year's Golden Globes, the ratings were, came in today, did 20 million viewers. The New York Giants um, Green Bay game did 24 million viewers. Now, you know what last year's Golden Globes did? 18 million. You know why? Because it went up against football. This year, the Golden Globes, NBC, they, they all worked together and didn't have it go against the wild card games. Uh, it was a strategic move. So here's Meryl Streep talking about football, and you've got the Golden Globes doing the ratings that they did because the NFL cut them a break and didn't run a game against them. But last year, they lost. Last year, almost 27 million people watched the game opposite the Golden Globes, and they had 18 million. In Hollywood, liberals, Democrats, wonder how Donald Trump won and Hillary Clinton lost. And they wonder, because someone like Meryl Streep is attacking something that is more popular than the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. Here, here's something else in perspective. Her awesome movie, uh, Florence Foster, the movie that, that just, oh, that's her, yeah. It grossed $40 million, 40 million bucks. That's horrible. That's, ho- that's horrible. That is horrible. $40 million bucks. One playoff game grosses triple that. You know what the you know what the Super Bowl did last year? And that was in the Super Bowl last year wasn't even the most watched Super Bowl. Last year, the Super Bowl had 112 million people. Do you realize? 120 million people voted in the presidential election. Okay, 120 million people, give or take a million or two, voted in this year's presidential election. And last year, 112 million watched the Super Bowl. So the amount of people that voted pretty much equaled the amount of people that watched the Super Bowl. And here's Meryl Streep going, well, if it wasn't for us, the only thing you would have would be football, 
in UFC. What? Hey, dummy, you just pissed off half the voting public. Are you? Are you? I, 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 again, I, 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 regardless of how you feel as a liberal douchebag. At some point, it's like, all right, we we got we got to we got to limit the damage, okay? We got to limit the damage because the more we pile on Trump supporters or just just people who are not on the left, forget being a Trump supporter, just somebody who goes, I'm not a lefty. I didn't necessarily want Trump. He was like my 16th pick. But I still rather have somebody that's not Hillary Clinton. I still rather have somebody that's not Hillary Clinton. So it's Trump. Uh, uh, It is what it is. Just like if you were a Democrat and you were a hardcore Democrat, you sat there and went, I want Bernie. But it's Hillary. All right. I'll vote. Got to vote for the Democrat. I hate Republican. It's the same thing. So when you hear the whole term weaponized. Oh, well, you know, what the Russians did is they weaponized Hillary Clinton's emails. No, 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 no. Listen. What weaponized information was the media in Hollywood? That's what weaponized. Okay? That, that was weaponized. Seeing the media in cahoots. Or, or us on the right have always known the media is in cahoots with the Democrats. Okay? But those people that were skeptics. No, that's not true. Chuck Todd's not biased. What do you mean? The guy worked for uh, uh, Tom Harkin's presidential campaign. What are you talking about? He's not, but... But when you then see the emails, those people go, I guess you're right. They were the weapon. Hollywood was the weapon. The newspapers were the weapon. Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, Amazon, as he's sitting in the front row at the Golden Globes. Sitting in the front row. Look, I'm finally accepted. Look, look at me. That's, you know, that's, that's what weaponized okay seeing Meryl Streep say and I'm not going to go through all the speech but when she starts talking about people born in Rhode Island <laughs> Florida <laughs> what, uh, but what are you talking about she she's trying to make a point where all of these people make up Hollywood. All of these people are from all of these different places. 
It's like, okay, yeah. If you're born in Rhode Island, what's that have to do? Like, she's trying to play the whole immigration thing. But it sounds silly when you're like, this person's Rhode Island. Here's what she says. I was born and raised and educated in the public schools of New Jersey. Okay. What does that have to do with immigration? Viola Davis was born in a sharecropper's cabin in South Carolina. What does that have to do with immigration? Sarah Paulson was born in Florida. What does that have to do with immigration? Sarah Jessica Parker was one of seven or eight kids from Ohio. What does it have to do with immigration? Except that you just listed two states that went for Trump that went for Obama back in 2012 and 2008, you stupid. <laughs> Natalie Portman was born in Jerusalem. And where are their birth certificates? <laughs> what are you talking about, dummy? I, 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 I guarantee you, Natalie Portman, when she came to the United States to pursue acting, came here legally. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you. Ruth Nega, who was born in Adias Ababa, Ethiopia, raised in Lano in Ireland. I do believe, and she's here nominated for playing a small town girl from Virginia. Ryan Gosling, like all the nice people, is Canadian. Again, I bet you when Ryan Gosling decided, hmm, I want to be an actor. He came here legally. So she's talking about that. He's a Kenya. Dev Patel was born in Kenya, raised in London, and is here for playing an Indian raised in uh, uh, Tasmania. Or two... two Actually, I said it wrong. Tasmania. How do you, how do you say that? Oh, Tasmania. Tasmania, right? <laughs> Tasmania, right? Tasmania. I don't know. So Hollywood is crawling with outsiders and foreigners. And if you kick them all out, you'll have nothing to watch but football and mixed martial arts. Which are not the arts. Media. Just liberal propaganda. Kick them all. Why? Why would, why would you kick Ryan Gosling out of the country? I mean, it's just lunacy. It, 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 it's just lunacy from the left. It is. It's 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 lunacy. Once again, fake news, liberal propaganda spread to try to influence whatever liberal sucker is listening and going yes. Donald Trump wants to wants to kick out foreigners. What are you talking about? I'm talking about enforcing immigration law. 
how is enforcing immigration law and saying, hey, if you come here, you got to come here legally. Don't care who comes here, just got to come here legally. How, how is that kicking Ryan Gosling out of the country? Seriously, how is that kicking Ryan Gosling out of the country? How, how, how is that? How is that kicking Natalie Portman out of the country? It's just retarded. It's just retarded. So she does her spiel there and then says, if you kick them all out, you'll have nothing to watch but football and mixed martial arts, which is not the arts. Now, I'm not a huge fan of USC. Like, I'll watch it if somebody's having a UFC, you know, watch party. But I'm not an over-the-top fan. Now, you want to hear some USC stats? I mean, you, you want to hear some UFC stats? We're, we're talking about Hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm not talking about for the year. I'm talking about events. I'm talking about gate totals. I'm talking about pay-per-view buy rates. And again, if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal, if you're a studio head, you're sitting there going, oh, Jesus Christ, will you sh- just know to stop? You want to talk about campaign ammunition, weaponized campaign information? Just imagine all of these celebrities being put into campaign ads rather it's you know uh, somebody from Ohio I mean just remember the way the electoral college works you're talking about Ohio talking about Florida talking about Michigan talking about Wisconsin Talking about the Carolinas. So just imagine you got Meryl Streep. The only thing you would have will be UFC at football. And then you have a, a shot of a Cleveland Brown fan. I know Cleveland Browns, <laughs> you know, they're, but Hey, again, Cleveland Brown fan, Tampa Bay fan. And, and, and you, you know, you have a woman, you got the, the guy, the kids. I'm, I'm a football fan. I like football. I like, this is the voice of Democrats. Don't make this, I don't know, but you, just imagine 
Here she is telling the Rust Belt, if it wasn't for us, if it wasn't for us, if it wasn't for me, if it, was, if it wasn't for Roman Polanski, the child rapist, if it wasn't for us, none of you would be cultured. None of you would have art. All you'd be doing is sitting there watching football. Now <laughs> you'd be doing watching football. And I love when my liberal friends, the retards, go, more people voted for Hillary Clinton. Well, if we only elected a president, how many popular votes you get? If we only elected a president based on how many popular votes you get. It's not how it works. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dummies. It's always been the way it is. And it's always been fine. Liberals never had a problem with it. Hell, liberals had no problem with it. When Hillary Clinton was going to win Pennsylvania by 10 points. Hillary Clinton was going to win Michigan by 10 points. Hillary Clinton was going to win Wisconsin by 10 points. Remember when Trump went and campaigned in Pennsylvania? Remember when he went and campaigned in Michigan by five days before the election? And every pundit on TV said, what's wrong with him? Wow, he's stupid. Wow, they just don't have a clue. Why would he be going to Michigan? A Republican hasn't won Michigan in 30 years. Wow, what a dummy. Well, I guess he wasn't that dumb. <laughs> guess, guess he wasn't that dumb. So liberals never had a problem electoral college before. Hell, they didn't even have this much of a problem when Al Gore lost. And Al Gore legitimately had a beef. Forget the popular vote. There was actually votes that weren't counted. You actually legitimately had votes that you can actually question and go, "Mm, hanging Chad there, what was the, you know, what was this? And they didn't protest that hard. They gave up. They gave up. They gave up. But let me get back to UFC. So the Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo fight, UFC 194, I didn't watch it. Like I said, I'm I'm not... A, a a a huge UFC fan, but 1.4 million people paid 
over thirty nine ninety five to watch that fight. Thirty nine ninety five. And that wasn't even number one. Because the number one UFC pay per view buy was one point six million. And that was Brock Lesnar. So you're talking about UFC events that when you include the gate receipts and the pay-per-view money grossed more than Florence Foster and and Denzel Washington's fences combined. Florence Foster grossed 40, 44 million and Denzel Washington's movie Fences grossed 35 million. And here's Meryl Streep gone. If it wasn't for us, all you'd have is UFC and football. Huh. Well, last time I checked, my dear, uh, UFC and football outgross, outratings. They, they bury you. They bury you, and you're thumbing your nose at those people. And a lot of those people live in Wisconsin. Cheeseheads. Green Bay. A lot of these people live in Pennsylvania. The Steelers. I mean, the, <laughs> these are states the Democrats need to win. And here's somebody who introduced Hillary Clinton at the Democrat National Convention. Remember, remember, she's not just some random celebrity. She's the celebrity that gave the big speech talking about Hillary Clinton at the convention. So she is extremely tied in with the Democrats. The big Obama farewell party, you know, that all the taxpayers flip the bill for. The big party that the Meryl Streeps and the Tom Hankses, they all got to go to. So all these people in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in Wisconsin, in Florida, they're all looking at this jack-off, sit there and go, Psst, wasn't for us. You'd have nothing but football. Ha! You uncultured buffoons. You 
And Democrats, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. They really don't. I mean, I don't think they ever will get it. We'll see come four years from now. Hell, we'll see. Listen, guys, we'll see in two years. Because the thing that nobody really talks about, which is in two years, the reverse is going to happen in the Senate. Meaning this year, you had more Republicans who had their seats that were up than Democrats. So this past election, it was all about Republican seats that were up. It was about Republicans. Remember, that was why all the pundits said, oh, not only is Donald Trump going to lose huge, but he's going to cost the Republicans the Senate. He's going to cost them the House. He's going he's to basically destroy the Republican Party, and they're going to go by the way of the Whigs. Well, we know how that turned out. Now, come 2018, it's the Democrats that have the majority that are up for re-election. There's only a few Republicans that are up. The rest are all Democrats. And a lot of them are in states that Trump won bigly. Bigly. So come two years from now, you could see Democrats get swamped. And if we keep getting Meryl Streep type stuff, we keep getting Rosie Perez's and Martin Sheen's telling all of us we're stupid, we're dumb, we don't vote for Democrats, we're idiots. The Democrats are going to be the party. That's going to be considered the Whig Party. They're going to be the ones that get voted out of extinction. The more people like Meryl Streep get up there and demonize football fans. <laughs> UFC fans. Like, I get the UFC. If you want to attack the UFC, all right. <laughs> I, I know it's horrible to my UFC friends. But okay, but football? <laughs> football? <laughs> what are you... Just, uh, how dumb can you be? <laughs> how 
dumb can you be? Uh. And then, of course, Merrill goes on to say, disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. Well, uh, Roman Polanski did a pretty good job of bullying others. Now, I know some of my friends on the left go, Rob, that happened such a long time ago. Okay, how about Casey Affleck? How about Casey Affleck? That's pretty recent. And like the number two liberal douchebag website in the country did a whole piece on it. Go to the Daily Beast and Google Casey Affleck. You could read all about Casey Affleck disrespecting women, using his power, and Meryl Streep shared a stage with him. They gave him best acting in a feature. He basically closed the show out and went him, and then it went uh, best picture. So again, you're sitting home, and maybe you're not a hardcore Trump supporter. Maybe you're an independent. Maybe this time around you're like, I don't like Hillary. I don't like the positions the Democrats are taking. I'm not real fond of where we are as far as Iran and, you know, things that are happening with with Israel, with just terrorism as a whole. And then, of course, you're being blasted with all of this messaging from the Hollywood elites. And now you're watching Meryl Streep lecture you. And then they give Casey Affleck an award. The movie that he won the award for, he was accused by two different women of sexual harassment. Uh, To use the liberal word, bullying. I mean, some heavy stuff. Go to the Daily Beast, type in Casey Affleck. And he's never denied it. He's never said, these women are wrong, they're liars, it's not true. I think one of the only comments he's made is, things happened, but at the end of the day... Everything was was worked out to everybody's liking or, or something in a, in a quick type of statement. But the women that Casey Affleck disrespected, 
they got stories that are like, wow. If this wasn't Ben Affleck's brother, if this wasn't a Hollywood elite, this person would have been in jail. And to think the liberals were up in arms because Donald Trump talked about being famous, and when you're famous, groupie chicks, because that's what he was talking about. He was talking about effed up groupie chicks. You know, the kind that wait outside of a Justin Bieber concert. And they're like, will you tattoo my boo, please? If you want, you can take a dump on me. That's what Trump was talking about. When he said, these women will let you do anything. When you're famous, you're rich, you can tell they let you grab them by the pussy. Media, liberals, lost their minds. And guess what? Casey Affleck actually grabbed women by the pussy. I'm telling you, go to the Daily Beast. You could read all about it. The girl talks about actually sleeping and Casey Affleck being drunk and half naked and climbing in bed and getting behind her in a spooning position where she says his erect penis was poking her from behind. And here's Meryl Streep. Disrespect invites the disrespected. Violence incites violence. And everybody's clapping, yes, Meryl, you go. And winner of the best actor in a... Casey Affleck, yay! Hey, violence incites violence. (laughs) Disrespect invites disrespect. What happened, Meryl? What happened, liberals? What about that disrespect? What about that sexual violence? So if you don't want to use Polanski, if you don't want to use Meryl Streep giving Roman Polanski a standing ovation, a guy who has anal sex, with a 12-year-old girl that he drugged. Or how about Woody Allen, for that matter? How about Woody Allen? Not only did he marry his stepdaughter, he married his stepdaughter, married his stepdaughter, who he raised as a little child. So his wife now was a child. She was a nine and ten year old, six year old. And Woody Allen raised her. And then when she got to be 18, he started effing her and married her. And that is the legal Woody Allen controversy. But the other stuff, that Ronan Farrow, who used to have a show on MSNBC, 
one of the well-respected media people has said unequivocally that Woody Allen molested his brother and sister when they were kids. And that Hollywood elites and other powerful people covered it up. Again, Meryl Streep is outraged by Donald Trump for something that he didn't do. Did he make fun of a disabled reporter? Yes. Did he make fun of the reporter because he was disabled? No. Does he want to deport people that are here illegally? Yes. Does he want to deport Natalie Portman? No. Falsehoods. Did Roman Polanski rape and drug a 12-year-old girl? Yes. Did Casey Affleck sexually assault two women on the production of his Golden Globe winning film? Yes. Did Woody Allen sexually abuse his children? According to Ronan Farrow, yes. And as long as all of this information is out there, we all here on the right are the Davids. The left, the media in Hollywood, is the Goliath. We've already slayed Goliath once. And we can't let up. And we have to keep the pressure. We got to keep the fight. And as long as this type of information, which is all true, and this is just a few in Hollywood, as long as that information is out there and the voters know that information while they're watching Meryl Streep lecture them and then throw in taking a big dump on football and UFC Democrats will keep losing Pennsylvania and they'll keep losing Wisconsin and they'll keep losing Michigan and they'll keep losing Ohio and all that work that Democrats have done in California and New York as far as creating a open border state will all be garbage. It will all have gone for nothing. 
Because that's 20 years of work from the Democrats. 20 years of work. Remember, before Democrats concocted their whole immigration plan, Republicans had no problem with winning California and New York. Hell, Hollywood used to be Republican. If you were a liberal in Hollywood, you would get looked at like a a wacko. But Democrats had a plan. And if you create an open border system in a state like California, in, say, 20 years, you pocket the electoral votes without even going to the polls. Without even going to the poll, without even trying. You pocket the electoral votes. Same thing with New York. And that's what they've done. So the more we get reminded of people like Meryl Streep and what she represents and the hypocrisy of Hollywood from global warming uh, to, uh, you know, energy conservation, uh, uh, you know, fuel consumption, uh, sex abuse, sex crimes. As long as we're constantly reminded of the Meryl Streeps and what she represents, we are going to win the blue wall for a long, long time. We are going to win it year After year after year. Remember, under Obama, Democrats had never lost more governorships, state uh, seats, federal, you know, House, uh, Senate, well over a thousand, thousand. In every aspect of government, Democrats have never been more weaker. They've never been more weaker. Ever. That's a fact. Republicans control more uh, of the governors. They control more of the Senate, more of the House, more of the state legislatures. These are all facts, my friends. These are facts. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. Listen to me. We're going to take a quick break. All right? We're going to take a quick break. That's all, that's, all, that's all I got on Meryl Streep right now. Maybe tomorrow I'll have more. I don't know. I mean, I could rattle off more numbers as far as uh, 
football. I mean, in week, listen, week 12, Dallas versus Washington had 35 million people. Week 12. Week 11, Philly against Seattle, 24 million. Week 10, Dallas, Pittsburgh, 28 million. Week 9, Indiana, Green Bay, 20 million. Think about the states that I rattled off. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Indiana. Just saying, guys. Giants and the Packers yesterday, 24 million. Seattle versus Detroit, 21 million. Detroit, Michigan. These are all places that Democrats got to win. These are all places that Democrats have got to win. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We'll be right back. Give me two and two, as Chuck Willary would say. Two and two. Can, can you guys do that? And then we're going to talk about Sleepy Eyes by Rick Santilli. And it's funny. And it's not just him. But Andrea Mitchell got punked, too. And it's, it's like, uh, well, actually, we'll be back in a minute. Just relax. We'll be back in a minute. I just got to get my water. Just We'll be right back. Listen to Baked Alaska talking about building the wall, okay? Baked Alaska, building the wall. We'll be right back.
right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob's Carry, it's Rob's Carry Show. That was uh, Baked Alaska and Build the Wall. I know, I still have that in. It's, what, eight months old? But I like that song when we go on a quick break. I like it. I like it. All right, so Rick Santilli uh, was on uh, Meet the Press, and it was great. It was classic. It was classic Santilli. Uh, I had uh, a bunch of people hitting me. They're like, you got to talk about You got to watch it. You got to. So I watched it. And uh, <laughs> it, again, it, it doesn't, it, it never ceased to amaze me at how much of a bubble Democrats live in. The MSNBCs and the CNNs and the, uh, you know, CNBCs. And it's funny because the left is constantly talking about Republican bubble, the conservative bubble. But it's the Democrats that are in the bubble. They're the ones that are in the bubble. Because everybody on the right will admit that they're on the right. So if you listen to Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity goes, I'm an opinion show. That's what I do. I, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you that I'm a journalist or a reporter. This is an opinion show. I'm giving you my opinion. Same thing with O'Reilly. Rather, you listen to Limbu. Mark Levin, whoever, their opinion shows. And they never hide from that. But Democrats, they don't have opinion shows. They're journalists. That's why when Trump attacks the CNNs or the MSNBCs, you always hear, oh, is this attacking journalists? attacking the, oh, no, this is a, a you know, a, a free press. and a free... No, it's not. You guys are, are political hacks. You're not reporters. Chuck Todd is not a reporter, okay? Andrea Mitchell is not a reporter. You could call yourself a carpenter. You could call yourself an astronaut. You could call yourself a football player. But that doesn't make you any of those things. So Chuck Todd and Andrea Mitchell and Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitz, they can all call themselves reporters, journalists. And they could say it over and over and over and over again. But that doesn't make them reporters and journalists. They're advocates. It's all they are. They're hack advocates. They're the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. No different than a communist regime or a Nazi regime. They are pushing propaganda for the Democrats. And if the Democrats are in power, 
They're pushing propaganda for the state. That's it. They cloak themselves in this, I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist, you can't attack me. <gasps> oh. But they're not report. They're, they're not Walter Cronkite, okay? They're not. They're not Edward R. Morrow. They're, they're not. They're advocates. So Santilli's on there, and they're talking about the Russian hacking, Russian hacking, Russian hacking, Russian hacking, Russian hacking, Russian hacking blah, 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 blah. And so they bring up the fact, or at least a fact, according to intelligence or the intelligence community, whatever that means. So Seriously, whatever that means. If this was, you know, I, you can't even say if this was X amount of years ago because the intelligence community has done this for years. Rather, it was getting into World War II. I mean, the intelligence community has manipulated, and at times, Iraq War, created BS to put us in situations and to feed the American people a narrative. Funny listening to Democrats talk about Trump and and the Trump people and them doing this with the Russian hacking and making people be skeptical about the intelligence community and how that's dangerous and that But I remember after um, the Iraq war, it was all about, you can't trust the government. Everyone on the, you can't trust what, you can't trust, you gotta, you can't trust. Then when we find out from the Snowden, uh, you know, situation, that the American people are being spied on. Oh, now we really can't trust. We can't trust. And now it's all about, well, if the intelligence community said so, then it's fact. Whoa. Time out, libs. Hold on a second. What happened of being skeptical? Well, that was then. This is now. Now. If anything, now... Everything is politicized. Everything is all about politics. Everything is. So they're going, oh, the hacking, the hacking. And uh, according to uh, intelligence officials, Russians were celebrating. They, they were celebrating Trump's victory. They're celebrating. And Santilli says to Chuck Todd and Andrea Mitchell celebrate. Well, we we all we all choose sides. I never saw you so unhappy. We all pick sides, and you see Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd turn to him. Now remember, 
Santilli's on MSNBC or uh, CNBC. So he's like a colleague. So at first, the look they give him is like, dude, why are you saying this? <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to be saying this on our network. We're all together. So at first, they give the look of, what are you doing? And then the second look is, what? What? Not? What are you talking about? It's like a little kid. When you catch a little kid, their hand in the cookie jar. They're like, what are you doing? Nothing. Why is your hand in the cookie jar? It's not. I'm looking at you. Your hand is in the cookie jar. No, it's not, Mom. I'm watching you take your hand out of the cookie jar. You have a cookie. No, I don't. You're eating the cookie right now. I'm watching you eat the cookie. No, no. And that was Chuck Todd and Andrea Mitchell. Andrea Mitchell goes, that's not true. It's not true. That's not true. Andrea Mitchell says it's not true that they pick sides. It's not true. And Chuck Sod says, who picks sides? Who picks sides? Who picks sides? So he said, who picks sides? Sides. Sleepy eyes. You pick sides, stupid. Andrea, you pick sides. Now, you could go online and find these pictures of Andrea Mitchell and young Hillary Clinton. Oh, they're both young. Man, they're laughing together. They're practically God knows what to each other. But forget that. How about just the hacked emails? How about just the hacked emails? How about Andrea Mitchell talking to Colin Powell. Telling Powell a Trump nomination would be awful. That's what she tells Colin Powell. A Trump nomination would be awful. And then she goes on to talk about I know Trump is in charge of the rules committee. But the Republicans have to find a way to not nominate him. What do you mean, don't pick sides? Andre, it's not true. What do you mean it's not true? You can also go online and watch a Hillary Clinton airplane press conference where Brian Fallon, I think it's Brian Fallon, the press secretary, literally type something on his phone, and then you see him show it to Andrea Mitchell. And he, and he, he points to it, so he points to his phone, like signaling the phone. You see him showing Andrea Mitchell something on her phone. What is going on? And then she asks a question. And like a kid caught with his hand in the cookie jar, she says to Rick Santilli, That's not true. 
Because that's not true. Yeah, you do. What do you mean? That's Andre Mitchell. Chuck Todd. You want to know a little information about Chuck Todd? Again, you would think that the media, the press, these pundits would be working their asses off to try to reverse the perceptions that everybody has of them. Remember, my longtime listeners, we talked about this. Ultimately, if you're hosting a show, you're a pundit, okay? If you're one of these advocates and you're Chuck Todd meet the press or, or whatever you are, Chuck Todd's a little different because he actually is one of the people that runs the MSNBC, NBC newsroom. But regardless, you're one of these pundits. And you're getting paid, just let's make things easy, a million bucks. A million bucks gets that network, 500,000 people that watch that program. So that network can go to the advertisers and go, look, this demographic, that demographic, at the end of the day, half a million people watch Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. And they sign a contract, advertisers do, and then in turn, the network signs a deal with Chuck Todd. It says, okay, we're paying you a million dollars a year for five years or a million dollars a year for three years. Well, a million dollars a year is based off of people watching that show every single night or every week or whatever the hell it is. Well, if a year goes by, half a million people goes to 300,000, 350,000, 200,000. Eventually, the network's going to say, hey, we pay you a million dollars for a half a million people. You're now getting 300,000 people. If you don't get those numbers back to a half a million, we got to pay you less because everything's based on this structure. So more and more people that say CNN is untrustworthy, MSNBC is untrustworthy. I mean, I know all these polls are BS, but a new Reuters poll came out that said CNN is the, uh, is the least trusted out of all the networks. So eventually, an executive is going to go, hey, we used to be at A, now we're at B, but we're still paying as if we're at A. Uh, Someone's got to get a pay cut. We need to make some changes. I mean, that's why, listen, you don't think it's a, uh, uh, you know, a a fluke speak that Sustran and Kelly are at NBC. You don't think that's a fluke, do you? 
And remember, they came from a place that technically isn't news. It's Republican propaganda. Republican propaganda. So you would think Mitchell and Sleepy Eyes wouldn't look like kids with their hands in the cookie jar. We don't pick sides. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So back in 92, Chuck Todd started his political journey working for Tom Harkin to get him elected president. I mean, it failed. I have to tell you that. But out of college, degree in his hand, yee, I'm Chuck He's working for a Democrat. And that started the Chuck Todd career. And from there, he wound up being, you know, assistance to this Democrat, assistant to that Democrat, working for. You know, this magazine, liberal. I I mean, Chuck Todd's a liberal. He's a Democrat. His wife, Kristen Denny Todd. Okay? She worked for Jim Webb. In this past election cycle, she worked for Jim Webb. She was the strategic advisor to Jim Webb. And she also owns a company with two other people called Maverick Strategies and Mail. And what they do is messaging and voter contact for Democrats and liberal messaging. So his wife is a liberal activist, a Democrat activist. You can tell me Todd and Mitchell don't pick sides? Really? Really? Kids with their hands <laughs> caught in the cookie jar. What? I'm not. What are you talking about? And let's not forget. The whole Chuck Todd, Debbie uh, Wasserman, uh, Schultz controversy. Remember when Mika Brzezinski was on uh, the air talking about Wasserman Schultz needs to step down. She needs to, you know, resign. And she wrote Chuck Todd an email. Chuck, this has to stop. This has to stop. And he wrote back, 
I'm available anytime. 11.30 and 4.30. And then after that, there was all sorts of, you know, strategic placement as far as critique for Wasserman Schultz and defending her. And I mean, it was a whole game. So you would think that after this tumultuous election cycle, these organizations, I mean, I said it from, you know, day one. The houses should have been cleaned. Like every single one of these people should have been fired. And the personalities that they wanted to keep, move them to uh, whatever division or, or, meaning CNN would want to keep Anderson Cooper. I mean, who's going to host the ball dropping with Ed Griffith? They're going to keep Don Lemon. Who's going to get drunk on New Year's Eve and get their ears pierced? But you move them to just covering entertainment. And that's all their shows would be. There would be no debate. You wouldn't have Anderson Cooper moderating a presidential debate because that's not what you do with an entertainment person. You fire them. You get rid of them. Dana Bash. Wolf Blitzer, they're sitting there partying it up at the Hillary Clinton uh, coronation. They got champagne, they're partying. Gloria Borger, gone. They're all gone. You clean house, you get new people. You institute new rules. Things of that nature. You get new blood in. You go, this is how it's got to be. You can't say this. You can't say that. This is how you got to cover it. This is what you got to do. I thought they would have done it. No. The same people for 16 months that told us Trump won't win. He's a loser. I mean, just we don't have to go through it again. But you all remember. And they're all back. They're all back. They're like zombies. <laughs> they're like zombies. You think you kill them? Then they keep coming. Hey, Jason Voorhees. Friday the 13th movies. You think you kill them? They keep coming. And they're back. So that was Chuck Todd and... Andrea Mitchell getting punked by Rick Santilli. It was good. Good stuff. Real good. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari's show. We're going to be right back after uh, these very important words. Yes.
championship game. I'm going to give you an update. Clemson 28, Alabama 24. I repeat, Clemson 28, 24. It's fourth and one. Three minutes, nine seconds left. And there's a run to first down. All right, there you go. <laughs> I told you I'd give you guys an update. All right. I told you I'd give you guys an update. So there's your update. I got uh, Alabama minus the six. So I think we're going to. I don't think I'm going to pull this out. They had a big weekend, though. Had a big weekend. Picked up. Uh, what did I pick up this week? 200 this weekend. I, I went uh, 4 0. Went 4. Oh. Little trick play. Uh, Alabama's got it to the 29-yard line. It was almost like a little flea flicker, if you will. Yeah, I went uh, 4-0. I had, I'll tell, you what, I, I'll tell you what I had. I didn't have anything on the Texans and the, um, uh, actually, I went 3-0. The, I, I'm including, uh, I had the Denver Nuggets in a basketball game the, the night before the playoffs, but. Uh, I had I didn't have the Texans Raiders. I didn't like that game. Didn't like it. But I had um, oh touchdown Alabama touchdown Alabama. Oh, I'm still losing though. I'm still losing. Alabama thirty yard touchdown. Uh, two minutes and seven seconds. Alabama's scoring uh, drive. Six plays, 68 yards. Two minutes and 31 seconds. Uh, Alabama's going for uh, the extra point right now. Maybe we get an interception and a run back. I don't know. But like I would say, up oh, here comes the uh, extra point. Let's see. Here it is. It's up and it is good. Alabama, 31, Clemson, 28. And if you got Alabama minus the six like I do, you are 
losing. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. All right, so this weekend I had the Seattle game. Okay, I had the uh, Seattle Seahawks game under, and I won that. Uh, I had the uh, Steelers minus 12 and a half. I won that. And I didn't have the uh, Packer game until the second half. I had the Packers, the second half minus a half, and I won that. So if you take those three games and those wins with my Denver Nugget uh, win bet that I had uh, the night before, I was 4-0 for the weekend. But now it looks like I'm going to lose this Alabama-Clemson game because I took Alabama uh, minus the six, and they effed me. Now, if I can get a interception return, I'm good. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, uh, back to some <laughs> back to back to some news. So, anyway, uh, I ran today. We we let off the program with a little just to come back. Remember, Iran is supposed to be somewhat a friend now, right? I mean, we did give them a couple billion dollars. We we did put in place a nuclear program that they will ultimately be able to have in 10 years. Let me tell you something. Okay, let me, let me tell you something. If you really wanted to be one of those um, conspiracy people, if I really wanted to be one of those conspiracy people, I could easily weave a web. And, and I, I kid you not. Weave a web of Obama and what his motives and motivation could be for all the things that he's done in the past eight years. Seriously, if I was one of those coast-to-coast conspiracy shows, you know, Coast to Coast Radio with George Norrie. He's got those people on there. And they're like, well, you got this and the Illuminati and chemtrails and the whole thing. If I wanted to do that, I think I could make a compelling case that Obama is and or was setting up the United States foreign and domestic for a huge, huge failure, a disaster, if you will, to bring about 
the destruction of our country. Almost like an enemy from within. And if you just think about the Middle East, and you think, you know, Brexit, and domestically, you know, all the racial strife, and, uh, you know, cops being murdered to today. Well, one murdered, the other one killed trying to catch the guy that murdered. And if you look, and I don't care if it's Trump, uh, I don't care who it is that would be next president. The amount of stuff that they have to deal with And if this is wrong, or that's wrong, or there's a slip-up here, or a slip-up there, there could be a chain reaction that literally could lead to catastrophic problems, whether it's foreign or domestic. I mean, just... Obama doing nothing as far as the Middle East is concerned. Him doing nothing and putting Russia in a position that they're in and Iran in the position that they're in and Brexit in the position that is uh, over there. China, with them building the little islands. I mean, the list goes pretty long. Israel, the Palestinians, ISIS, Syria. I mean, these are major issues. And a lot of these things... If they were dealt with two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be in the situation that we are in today. So rather it's Hillary, rather it's Trump, rather it's Mike Huckabee, Bernie Sanders, whoever who's going to have to deal with some serious Serious stuff. A lot more serious than any other president has ever had to deal with. And domestically, I mean, just the issue of Obamacare. Just the issue of Obamacare. These are all things that it's 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 like fragile to such a point of a little nudge to the left or a little nudge to the right. 
could really create catastrophic havoc. Clemson just scored a touchdown. Thought I'd throw that out there. Clemson just scored a touchdown with one second left, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like Clemson is going to be the national champion and beat Alabama 35-31. to 31. And let me tell you something. At this point, I'm glad. Glad because if I wasn't going to win, if they weren't going to cover but still win, that would have made me more upset than Clemson win outright. So guess what? I'm glad Clemson won. Because I'd rather have Clemson win than me lose the bet, but Alabama wins. They just don't cover. So F them and F Clemson. But anyways, if I was a conspiracy pusher, we could easily question the motives and say, what is Obama trying to do? It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. Listen to me, you guys. Clemson 35, Alabama 31, one second left. So, so listen to me. Tomorrow, we will be back at 7 p.m. Yes, 7 p.m. That's West Coast time. I know of you think, is he on the East Coast? No, we're on the West Coast. Okay, we're on. We're in Los Angeles, California. I know, it sounds crazy, but we are in Los Angeles, California. We'll be back here at 7 p.m. Don't forget, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. It's the Rob Zakari Show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Stay strong, stay tough, and uh, we'll see you then.